Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 327 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading 2 Peter chapter 1 today, and our focus is on how do we make our calling an election sure? How can we make sure we are saved? So we're going to be talking about assurance of salvation. And I know it's a little bit odd that we're in 2 Peter today. We read through 1 Peter a few weeks ago, but our reading plan is based on the 5 by 5 by 5 discipleship journal plan, and that's just the way they have it set up, and I've never asked them why. We just follow along without any questions, I suppose. So welcome to new listeners. Wherever you are, our goal is to encourage you in listening to the Word of God and thinking about it and following it and obeying it and having it rattle around in your head during the day and echoing with you and uh, that the Word of God would be in you and in me and that it would come out of you and me and that it would bear a lot of fruit. We do have a website. It is Bible2021.com and I want to be honest with you. I'm not entirely comfortable with the title of today's podcast, at least the part that says, how can we make sure we are saved? But the thing about it is that it's pretty much just a slight rewording of a command we have in Scripture to make our calling an election sure or certain, which, at least on the surface, might seem like a bit of an odd command because I myself, and I would say many, many, many Christians, believe that salvation is monergistic. That is to say, it is solely an act of God's grace, rather than salvation being synergistic, indicating that man somehow contributes to his own salvation with works or pursuit of God or something along those lines. And yet, We do have commands in the Word to make sure that you are saved, and Peter's command isn't the only one. We have several passages like this. For instance, 2 Corinthians 13, 5, Paul says, test yourselves to see if you are in the faith. Examine yourselves, or do yourselves not recognize that Jesus Christ is in you unless you fail the test? That, of course, brings up a really massively important question. How? How do we test ourselves? Well, I think I can find one clue to the answer to that question in passages like 1 Corinthians 15, 1 and 2, which says, Paul writes, I want to make clear for you, brothers and sisters, the gospel I preached to you, which you received, on which you have taken your stand, and by which you are being saved, if, big if, if you hold to the message I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Well, what is the test of salvation in that passage? And it seems to be very simple. Did you believe in vain, or are you holding on to the good news of the message of the gospel? If so, says Paul, then you are saved. If you've let it go or never believed it in the first place, or you thought it was interesting for a few minutes and now you're on to other things, well, that's a sign you're not holding on to the message and therefore you're not saved. Assurance of salvation is very important. It's one of the main reasons that the letter of 1 John, for instance, was written. And he says that in verses 12 and 13 of chapter 5. He says, the one who has the Son has life. The one who does not have the Son of God does not have life. I have written these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. In commenting on that passage, Charles Spurgeon says, It is our duty, our duty, to obtain full assurance. We should not have been commanded to give diligence to make our calling and election sure if it were not right for us to be sure. I'm sure it's right for a child of God to know that God is his father and never to have a question in his heart as to his sonship. I know it is right for a soul that is married to Christ to know 
the sweet love of the bridegroom and never tolerate a cloud of suspicion to come between the full the soul and the full enjoyment of Christ's love. For this reason, I would urge you onward to know that you have eternal life. John, even though he's dead, speaks yet out of the Bible. He calls on you to know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him that is true and that we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. He bids us as believers firmly repose or rest our souls upon the promise of our faithful faithful God. The Bible is sent that you may have full assurance of your possession of eternal life. Do not therefore dream that it will be presumptuous on your part to aspire to that kind of full assurance. Our conscience tells us that we ought to seek full assurance of salvation. It cannot be right for us to be children of God and not know our own Father. How can we kneel down and say our Father who is in heaven when we do not know whether he's our Father or not? Until the spirit of adoption enables you to cry, Abba, Father, Where is your love to God? Can you rest? Do you dare rest while it's a question whether or not you're saved? I ask you, make sure work for eternity. If you leave anything in uncertainty, let it concern your body or your estate, but not your soul. Conscience bids you seek to know that you have eternal life, for without this knowledge, says Spurgeon, many duties will be impossible to perform. Are you not bidden to make your calling and election sure? Are you not a thousand times over exhorted to rejoice in the Lord and to give thanks continually? But how can you rejoice if the dark suspicion haunts you that perhaps, after all, you do not have the life of God? You must get this question settled or you cannot rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. I ask you, as you would follow scripture and obey the Lord's commands, get the assurance without which you cannot obey them. So that's great exhortation from Brother Spurgeon as to why we should have assurance of salvation. But how specifically can we gain that assurance? How do we get a hold of it? Well, the good folks at uh, gotquestions.org have a very practical answer to that question. And this is what they say. A believer's calling is God's drawing him to salvation. Peter alludes to this calling earlier in the same chapter when he speaks of God who called us by his own glory and goodness. A believer's election is God's selection of him to be saved from before time began. The doctrine of election or predestination is taught elsewhere in the Bible, for instance, Romans 8, 29, 30, Ephesians 1, 5, Ephesians 1, 11, Colossians 3, 12, 1 Thessalonians 1, 4, and 2 Timothy 2, 10, and other places. God is the one who calls and elects, so the believer's calling and election are already sure from God's point of view. Therefore, the command for believers to diligently make their calling and election sure must refer to the believer's point of view. God wants us to possess assurance of our salvation, and the best way to do that is to be pursuing godly virtues and actively growing in the Christian life. In summary, to make one's calling and election sure is to live out the Christian life in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is to do more than simply pay lip service to Christ. Those who profess salvation but never grow in their walk with God will suffer a lack of assurance, always wondering if they really are saved or not. Those who grow ever more like Christ will be sure of their calling and election. They will know they have eternal life. See 1 John 5.13. They will be living testimonies of the power of God to change lives. 
So take joy in what God's word is saying to you. Instead of doubting, we can live with confidence. We can have assurance from Christ's own word that our salvation will never be in question. Our assurance of salvation is based on the perfect and complete salvation that God has provided for us through Jesus Christ. Are you now trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior? Are you holding on to and believing the truth of the gospel as 1 Corinthians 15 talks about? If the answer is yes, then rest assured you are saved. Amen. Well, let's read our passage in total. This is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1 from the Christian Standard Bible. Simeon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Christ Jesus, to, to those who have received a faith equal to ours through the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ. May grace and peace be multiplied to you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. His divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. By these he has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may share in the divine nature, escaping the corruption that is in the world because of evil desire. For this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with goodness, goodness with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with endurance, endurance with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The person who lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten the cleansing from his past sins. Therefore, brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling and election, because if you do these things, you will never stumble. For in this way, entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will be provided for you richly. Therefore, I will always remind you about these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth you now have. I think it is right, as long as I am in this bodily tent, to wake you up with a reminder, since I know that I will soon lay aside my tent, as our Lord Jesus Christ has indeed made clear to me. And I will also make every effort so that you are able to recall these things at any time after my departure. For we did not follow cleverly contrived myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Instead, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty." For he received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory, saying, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice when it came from heaven while we were with him on the holy mountain. We also have the prophetic word strongly confirmed, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts. Above all, you know this, no prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, let's close out our time together today with our Bible memory passage for the month of November, which is John 14, verse 6. Let's read it together. It says, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Amen. Good day to you, friends, and Godspeed.